Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Hey, have you ever read passages of scripture that allude to building the kingdom of God or fighting the good fight? Maybe you've read those passages and wondered to yourself, what's my role in this? Or maybe you've asked the deeper question, does God see me fit for the task of doing this? Well, today, Pastor Nate is going to encourage us in this mission by looking to the book of Luke and helping us see what does it mean to build God's kingdom and fight the good fight of faith. What is necessary for advancing this mission of God? So again, thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy the episode. So not everybody can see this, Nate, but you're holding the microphone like up to your mouth. You don't have a stand or anything. And I don't know if people know this about you. We've talked about me a couple of times, but you used to be a rapper, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you really say that I used to be? <laughs> I mean, once an MC, always, always an MC. Always an MC, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I you're... mean, I used to spit hot fire <laughs> lyrically. That biblical fire, man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You ever gonna pick up pick up the microphone again? You know, I was uh, I was on a run the other the other day and listening to some music and some hip hop came on my playlist and I was thinking to myself, I would love to find a couple of other guys that are like in their late thirties, all right, or forties, okay. And I would love to start a hip hop group called Midlife Crisis, <laughs> where we could like rhyme about minivans and just the struggles of oh saving up for gosh. college tuition, and you know, that is just epic. keeping it real. You know, that's a great vision right there. How hot okay. would that be? <laughs> hey, listener, if you fall within that age range and you want to just voice some opinions about the minivan, yeah, you have to have game though. That's true. You can't just like get up on the microphone and just start talking. You gotta no, yeah, yeah. have some skill there. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Hey man, so we are today, we're jumping into a new episode. We're talking about um, Christ building and battling mm-hmm. with us. And uh, this article, Nate, you, you, you kind of launched from this passage in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 28 through 32. And I just love it. As we're getting started with this conversation, if you could just talk to us about that passage, you did a really um, cool thing in this article about talking about what Jesus did not intend to mean, and probably more what he did intend to mean. So can you talk to us about that as we just begin this? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a hypothesis mm. of what I think he probably meant, um, yeah. because I don't think that the common line of interpretation is all that terrible of a conclusion right um the 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 parable came where jesus talked to his disciples right after talking to them about discipleship and losing their lives for his sake and Mm. you know uh, having a love for him that was more intense than a love for you know spouses parents children friends you know things like that and then he said For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, 
he said, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great far, a great way off, he sends a delega- delegation and asks for terms of peace. So mm, yeah, the common line of interpretation there is that Jesus is inviting his disciples to count the cost on whether or not they really want to be his disciples. Uh, you know, just like a person would count the cost before building a tower or count the cost before going into battle or war. So also believers should count the cost on whether we really want to be the Lord's disciple because the way he describes being a disciple in passages like these is rather intense. You know, a real sacrificial laying down your life. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll he'll even at times use words like hating, you know, fathers and mothers, you know, and stuff like that, which Mm -hmm. speaks not of actually hating them, but of loving him so much that he's in that prime position okay so that's the the common interpretation of what jesus is saying is that we need to count the cost the the problem for me with that is that um i've 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 even seen people take that interpretation Mm -hmm. and run with it in the in the in the sense of saying, well, I'm a believer, but I just have decided that I don't want to be a disciple. Hmm. You know, I I believe in the Lord and I want to get all the benefits of being saved um, and the forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really want to go into the discipleship life with Jesus. And I just have a hard time imagining that that is like what Jesus is trying to hold out as an option. Like, Hey, right. you know, like I'm looking for disciples. Pray about it. If you want to, if, if you're, if you're into it, you know, <laughs> I think he really wants us to pursue the yeah, disciple amen. life. Mm-hmm. So years ago, I was reading G Campbell Morgan teach about this passage. And I'm sure he's not the only person to ever put forward this kind of concept, but he had another line of interpretation that to me seemed to fit a little bit better and it was that sandwiched within or or, or on the outside of this story at the beginning of it and at the end of it Jesus has strong statements uh, about discipleship Mm. you know he talks about uh, you know the sacrificial laying down your life concept before and after Uh, and then he says what Jesus points out is which of you yeah. desiring to build a tower right. or what king going out to encounter another king in war. So his thought was, it seems like the context is saying that Jesus is trying to figure out what kind of materials he can build with mm. and what kind of soldiers he can use for the war that are that he's entering into. Right. And as he's thinking about that, he's thinking, okay, the kind of people that I need are people who will lay down their lives and follow completely after me. Mm -hmm. And I am counting the cost about what it Mm -hmm. takes to build this kingdom and what it takes to wage this war. Right. So with that line of interpretation, the title, I think it was even the title of my article (laughs) was just, can Christ build and battle with us? Yeah. You know, 
do I fit the description when he's looking at my life? Does he think, yeah, I could, I could work with that. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I've, I'm counting the cost. I could work with Holdridge, you know, <laughs> like I hope yeah, so. Absolutely, I hope so. Yeah. But so that was that you asked, you know, just to kind of the background interpretive work. I think that's, I hope I'm saying it clearly, but that's where the article was coming from. Yeah, that is clear. You mentioned in the article that Jesus wants to build with people who make all relationships secondary to the relationship they have with Jesus. And you kind of alluded to that just a moment ago. But just with that, it seems that there's kind of like this exclusive relationship with Jesus. Um, I don't know if you'd use those words, but it seems that that's necessary for our lives if we hope to be used by God to build his kingdom. So I guess my question is, why is this exclusive relationship so important for the work to be accomplished? I think exclusive is a great word okay. to use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a beautiful word. Uh I mean, let's get it straight. Only Jesus could ever demand that kind of allegiance. Amen, you know, if right. any if any pastor or any leader or any father mm-hmm. or any boss or employer, if any military official, if any president, mm-hmm. you know, if any leader ever demanded and asked for the kind of allegiance and exclusive devotion that Jesus asks for, we would have to call it aberrant, right. wrong, yeah, sinful, mm-hmm. impossible, you know, no chance whatsoever. We're not going there. Yeah. But Jesus is different. He's not a mere man. He's the son of God, God, the son. And so because of everything that he did for us, the cross, but also secondly, his identity, the second person of the triune Godhead, Mm. the creator of heaven and earth, because he is those things, he can ask for that kind of devotion. And it's not weird. You know, that's the thing. It's like, if I said to you, Riley, if you really want to work here at Calvary, you must renounce all and give your follow whole life. after me. And you know, like that yeah. would just be so weird. Yeah. Um, but the Lord can ask for that. You know, he's, it's appropriate for him to do so. And in a sense, it is like inappropriate hmm. for, for him not to ask for that. And for us not to give that to him, it's hmm. our design to give that to him that kind of allegiance Mm -hmm. so you know i know a lot of times we like to make we like to say you know all right here's my priorities god number one right family number two church number three but it just doesn't really actually work that way Mm -hmm. you know the way it works is god is it (laughs) you know the lord is it yeah okay and then he will direct me on family and church and friendships Mm -hmm. and you know all of that so it's not that you're going to follow after jesus and he's going to say okay you're exclusive to me cool you know i told you you know you're going to have to i mean just lifting straight from luke 14 26 if anyone does not come to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple It's not that Jesus is going to say, okay, cool. You're exclusively following me. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want you to do. You know, you're married. I want you to go be an absolute horrible person to your spouse. Hate them. 
Yeah. Because that's what I want. I want you to just ruin them. No, that's not it. It's that it's my nothing, allegiance yeah. to him is so strong that then I'm to go to him and say, how do you want me to treat my spouse? Yeah. Right. You know, and then he'll give me his word, his directions mm-hmm. on how to treat mm-hmm. my spouse. He'll show that to me in his word, but also by his spirit, he'll remind me at different times. Like, hey, you're being rude right now. You need to be listening. Right. You need to be gentle. You need to lead right now. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be led, but you're the husband. You right. need to lead. You know, just different things like that. So it's that we're saying... I'm going to pursue the Lord completely. He's mm. going to be, you know, my my prime relationship. It's all about following after him. You so you mentioned that people um uh, will daily bear their cross and come after him, after Jesus. So it seems that there's some kind of responsibility on on our part in this building and battling process. So can you kind of talk to us about the daily role of this process of building God's kingdom by picking up our cross yeah i mean it's a very sacrificial thing in in nature and you know i think look the the whole passage to me is meant to be pretty searching Hmm. you know it's not meant to be an easy pass kind of passage Hmm. you know so like i don't think we're meant to look at the passage and say okay jesus this might be saying that jesus is counting the cost and that jesus is trying to figure out if he has the right materials and the right soldiers, you know, for the work. Yeah. And I think I am. So cool. It's over. Yeah. No, I think it's meant to be a pretty searching thing to where we say, okay, it appears that the material he's looking for are people that take up their cross, come after him, renounce all that they have, to pursue and follow after him. Hmm. There is a level of intensity to that. So I think what we have to remember is that the gospel is not there to just make us like into decent people. It is there and it will challenge us in some areas of obedience that are going to be sacrificial Mm -hmm. and difficult and hard and not lead to our own glory or kingdom or Mm. safety or um, protection or future or finances it will lead to others you know being helped and Mm. enabled so i can't say what it's going to look like for every single person yeah but there's a cross involved is the idea yeah that there's going to be some sacrifice some Mm. laying down of our lives to be able to get this done. I mean, if you just scan through the first 30 years of the church's life in the book of Acts and you see what it took to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yeah. It obviously, I mean, some people have even called the book of Acts the Acts, not of the apostles, but of the Holy Spirit. And I that's like a that. great way of thinking yeah, about like it because definitely the Holy Spirit was fueling and driving all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. to get the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But from a human standpoint, there were individuals that made decisions all throughout Mm -hmm. that book. Mm -hmm. Decisions that were hard and painful and sacrificial that because they were pliable and willing and able to say yes to 
hard things, the spirit was able to breathe wind into their sails and drive them to wherever he wanted to take them. Right. And there were people, you know, the, the, the book of acts is a story of the, mostly those who said yes, because it's recounting, how did the gospel get out there so quickly, you know, 30 years, how did it spread throughout the known world? But there even are within the book, even though it's not about this, you do read about those who said no, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. who weren't the right building materials, who got left behind. They were not able to be built with. They were not able to be warred with, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it is a searching question, you know, like mm-hmm. God has a kingdom. There are things that he's trying to do here on earth. Am I... Am I just building my kingdom, you know, and mm. am I just doing my thing or am I, am I, you know, again, that question, yeah. am I able to be built with and gone to war with by the Lord? Mm. And wrapping this up, Nate, do you have any final thoughts about how somebody can just enter into this, um, this life with Jesus and building and battling, building the kingdom, you know, fighting for the kingdom? Yeah. I mean, to be really honest about it, this is a this is a real challenge because yeah. a lot of what we do in our it, it's easy to I'll say it like this. It's easy to minimize in our mind's eye the kingdom of God into a ninety minute church service wow. yeah. on the weekends. And you know, the best servants of the Lord understand that it it is not that you know it is not exclusively or solely that 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 is part of it you know and in that time you're speaking to a lot of different people and you are you know ministering to some people who you know they they may love the lord and be appreciative of him but have yet to really catch that kingdom Hmm. vision yeah but when you start to get it and your eyes start to become opened, yeah, you start realizing, oh, this isn't just for, uh, you know, a couple of hours on a Sunday. Mm. This is a life kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So who can pour into me? Who can I pour into? Mm. What pockets of the church community or the community I'm in can I give my life for? Uh, what areas of my nature and character are in need of refining Mm -hmm. so that the Lord can use my life? How might I be coming off as an unattractive person to people around me and in my life Mm -hmm. because I'm not letting the Lord shape me and mold me? Uh, What do my mornings look like? And is there a chance for the Lord to speak to me at some point outside of just the public gathering you know, of disciples each week, you know, as I'm opening up his word, am I learning his word? Am I growing to understand his word more? Uh, Is there a pocket of service? I mean, in the old Testament era, I love, I love a lot of things about the old Testament. One thing I love is that it's just so like bottom liney. A lot of times there were three big things that the old Testament people, it was like, look, this is what it means. All right. If you want to follow God, Mm-hmm. Then do this. Only have sex with the person you're married to. Right. Number one. Yeah. Okay. And don't 
and and in that realm, like don't marry or or find yourself committing adultery with the non-believing world, right? Just so just stick to being married to believers and then just enjoy that one person. That's it. So that's like yeah. number one. Number two, participate in the Sabbath. Mm. That was like the other big honker right. for them. Just participate in the Sabbath. Yeah. You know, there's this one day each week, make it a deal for God, you know, <laughs> engage in it. And then number three, give. Yeah. I heard somebody good. say this one time. They said, you can give without loving, but you can't mm. love without giving. Mm. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, it's good. It's really true. You can, you can give you know, out of the surplus or out of guilt or some kind of weird motivation. You know, we just studied that in Acts 5 and Staff Chapel the other yeah, day. Ananias right. and Sapphira, yep. mm-hmm. they gave, not out of love, but out of this weird motivation to be seen in a certain way. So you can give without loving, but you cannot love mm. without giving. Uh, you, you, if you say that you love, generosity is going to flow from your life. And, yeah. and that was another big one there for the people of Israel in the Old Testament. You know, So their sexual relationships or marital relationships, their keeping of that, the day yeah. unto God, mm-hmm. and financial generosity, those are three big areas. They carry forward. They look mm-hmm. differently you know, to a degree in our modern time for the church, but they still are like a big deal. Oh yeah. For you know, sure. keep the, keep the day, keep the gathering, uh-huh. keep coming together with God's people. Don't forsake the assembling of the saints together. Then marry believers and just enjoy them sexually, you know? So don't say to yourself, well, I'm unmarried so I can just enjoy anybody sexually. No, you're violating your potential future spouse when you do that. Mm-hmm. And then, and you're being disobedient to God. And then three give. Be generous. Open up your wallet and give. Those are three great just oh, categories amen. of take up your cross, mm. deny yourself, and follow after me. So in a sense, it's not that complicated. It's not that mysterious, you know, or, mm-hmm. or nebulous. Uh, but then, you know, as you enter into those basic things, God will begin to show you areas of service or areas of generosity, you know, areas to extend yourself, gifts that he's given to you. Right that he's going to ask you to lay down your life in. So yeah, does he have the right building materials? Does he have the right soldiers? Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.